a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've put my lippy on. I've come in to see you. Hello. Uh, hi. I know. We're loving the fact that we are also trying to create some video content for people to mm-hmm. see who we actually are. I didn't put lipstick on for that reason, oh, you didn't? but now okay. you mention okay. it. Okay, right, Maybe right. I did subconsciously. <laughs> who knows? Anyway, if you're watching this, check out the lippy. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I often observe women in business because that's what I mm. am. I'm a woman in business. But you know that some... <laughs> Some of us come from this real place, this real soft place of leadership, and then you've got those people that are quite aggressive in their leadership. Well, it's difficult. I mean, that's the whole um, gender stereotype thing and the and the glass ceiling. It is difficult, and it's proven that for women to reach the top, there are more hurdles than there are for men. I mean, let's look at our first female Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, for example. I was watching her misogyny speech again the other day and I read a thing that said that in the White House when President Obama was in, they used to watch that all the time when something that had happened with Tony Abbott had annoyed them. They'd be like, let's watch that speech again. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. And, I mean, she copped so much flack purely because she was a woman. And to reflect upon that a few years later, it's incredible how much was going on. And she's just amazing because... For women, it is just that little bit more difficult, isn't it? Right. But I do think that we are missing out on our superpower by stepping actually into feminine energy to lead. But Mm. we're going to talk a little bit about masculine and feminine energy, especially for women, because we have all of this. But our guest today, um, Jennifer McCormack, she is here to talk a bit more about that with us. But before we dive into that, Jennifer, do you want to tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yes. Hi, ladies. So I'm Jennifer McCormick, as Nat has just said. Um, I'm a kinesiologist. So there are different facets of kinesiology. I work purely on um, mental health, mental and emotional. And what I, the people that I mainly work with, I work a lot with business owners, entrepreneurs, high-performing people. So that also includes sport. Mm. And What I love about this area is especially when we come into both men and women on the energy they lead with. And from my perspective, it's all about how do we balance them so they can reach their fullest potential, they can reach their goals, they can reach their dreams. And I particularly love working with this area of people because for me it's like a butterfly effect, especially with entrepreneurs and and even high-performance people in general because they are able to not only influence themselves and their dreams and goals and their families, but because all these people are so connected with staff, with people around them, with their customers, their own values all come out through what they do. So for people who don't understand, because I think we look at, oh, well, you're a woman, so you're feminine and you're a man and you're masculine. But can we talk a little bit about the fact that we have both within us, whether we're a male or a female? Totally. And it's quite interesting. Um, So yes, we do have both in us. If we look at ourselves as uh, predominantly a female energy, then we'll have that that is a little bit stronger than the masculine within us. But we all have both. There's even some men that predominantly run on a, on a feminine energy and that's t- 
totally okay. There's no right, right nor wrong here. Can you, you explain having- to us what the feminine and masculine energies are? Tell us what a feminine energy is compared to a masculine energy. Okay, so when we look at feminine energy, feminine is the, is the softness, it's the flow, it's the emotional side of things, it's the feelings, it's the creativity, the love. It, feminine is movement where masculine is stability. Masculine is um, strength, it's support. Um, it's, the feminine is compassion and intuition. The, it's quite interesting because when I, when I talk, if you haven't noticed, I use my hands. And when I have gone through public speaking classes with men, they're like, put your hands down. And I'm like, no, I'm a feminine. I need to move. And that's how I express myself. And that's how women express themselves in their feminine is through their movement. So we are, the feminine is the healer in you. It's the intuitive. It's, it's mother nature. Whether the masculine is about stillness, it's about freedom, it's about ending, where feminine is about beginning. Ooh, um, so like it's kind of like the yin and the yang within everybody and it's oh, exactly. going to be various proportions of either of these things at any one time and then we're changing all the time too, I would imagine. I would imagine maybe at the time that we were pregnant or we're having a baby, we're probably more in our feminine and then yes. maybe when the children are a little bit older and it comes time for <laughs> discipline, maybe we're a little bit more masculine. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> no, and I was even thinking about that this morning. Now I'm in bed and I'm lying there and I'm thinking, you know what? As a woman, we are such in our masculine when we create space for our children to be creative, to give them structure. You know, I have two boys. So for me, structure and um, routine is what they thrive on. So I need to be in my masculine energy to be able to create that space for them. You know, especially if I want my children to, you know, find that balance between um, allowing their emotions to rise, I need to be in my masculine to allow that feminine within them to, to cultivate, to rise, to be able to be felt. So if I'm in my feminine, and this is what I find with um, some people, when I'm in my feminine and a feminine has problems, what you find is my problems are just as much as your problems and we're kind of just talking problems and there's no real space to be held to work through it. So it's quite interesting when I'm in clinic, I'm I'm a lot in my masculine because I'm holding space for people, especially when you know, I have a strong masculine personality in that I'm working with. I'm, I'm in my pure masculine. And so would I be right in saying our masculine energy is definitely more around our solutions and outcomes? So why now more than ever do you think that women are actually being driven to operate more from this masculine space or masculine energy? Because when we look at masculine energy, masculine is solution-orientated. You know, we, there is so much more female business owners than ever. There's so much more fem, female in um, corporate than ever before. So we have been, when we look at, you know, the top tier of high performers, a lot of them were male. So as feminines, we're like, okay, how can I challenge that? How can I be the same? Now, challenging and competition is a very masculine mm. driving force. So we're like, what can we do to be the same? And I was actually thinking to myself about around this the other day is 
when us as a women, that represents the feminine energy. Now, not all women represent feminine energy, but me and myself, I do. When we look at and identify with people um, to motivate us and to mentor us, um, when we're looking towards men, we think, oh, we need to do it their way. Yep. So we do step into that masculine hard energy. But we do have to do it their way for them to understand, don't we? Isn't that what the idea is? Well, we is it? Do, we need to, <laughs> and that's the question because the problem that women are getting tripped up on, or not the problem, where women are getting tripped up on is not allowing their feminine to match and to rise at the same time. So we're suppressing our feminine energy. So when we look at wounded feminine, we become people pleasers. We become givers and not receivers. Receiving is a very feminine energy and giving is very masculine. So we become over givers and a lot of this, a lot of us don't know how to even receive a compliment anymore. Mm. Mm. They're like, oh, you like this old jumper? I just pulled that out from the bottom nice, of my wardrobe. Nice skirt. Thanks. It's got pockets. <laughs> I bought it at the up shop. <laughs> yeah. So we're always making excuses. Actually, we instead of. I, I bought you know, it at the up shop, actually, as a badge of honour, I think. <laughs> I, I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, you know, why can't we just say thank you? Why can't we just accept the compliment? Why can't we just accept the fact that, you know, we are good at what we do? Do you not think it's a generational thing, though, as well? And I'd love to discuss this, but do you think that over time, and maybe because what you said, you know, what there's more mm. women that are owning businesses and, you know, operating from a place of leadership than ever before, but I think that's, I think the pendulum keeps on swinging. And that's one example. My mum, as well, also, we were brought up to, you know, receiving a compliment. Um, you didn't want to look like you were showing off. Yeah. So you had to be humble in mm. the way that you received the compliment. And so I think that it's it's interesting. I think we're just still, we're learning as women how to do this and, and we haven't necessarily got it figured out yet, I don't think. Well, it's interesting because our masculine, we learn our masculinity from our father and we learn our femininity from our mother. So when we do have that wounded masculine feminine energy, we need to go back and look at what did my mother teach me about masculinity and femininity? How did she how did how did she do it? You know, did she receive compliments? Was she uh, an over-functioning masculine energy, which is the I'm going, I have no patience, I'm gonna do everything. If I ask you to take the rubbish out and you don't do it, oh my god, old dog, I'll go and do it. <laughs> you know, there it's that sort of thing. And the the wounded feminine, she almost can come across as kind of controlling. Mm. So it's like, okay, do we need to go back and look at, okay, how do I heal my feminine within me so I don't then pass the same on to, to my not only daughters but, you know, sons as well? So I want to just speak to what Cecilia said about, you know, don't we have to operate from this place for men to listen to us or take us seriously? And I would absolutely say that, at, you know, there was definitely a point in my life where I tried to be quite aggressive with my approach to, um, you know, for that very reason, to mm. be taken seriously. I worked out that it's not actually the case. If I can step into my feminine and really utilise that properly, it is a superpower and you actually get a completely <laughs> different response that's actually 
nine times out of 10, extremely positive. Would that be your experience? Yeah, it's quite interesting because you're right. There is some parts of business where you need your masculine, you need your doing, you need your action, you need your strategies, you need your formulas, you need your, you know, your container, so to speak, which is what the masculine is. Um, but what we as women sometimes forget is to step back into our feminine, to nurture ourselves. So what um, what I do with a lot of my feminine business owners and CEOs especially, it's like, okay, yes, you need to you need to show the results. You need to show your strategies on how to get there. But how are you getting your strategies? How are you, what is your lead up to, to, to driving that masculine? What's driving the masculine? So like for one of them, we figure out for her, her superpower and like everyone's, all feminine superpower is their intuition, mm. right? Mm. So I was just writing that down. That? I was like, <laughs> I was like, so it's our intuition <laughs> that's working. <laughs> that's exactly it. So for her, it's to go and do some yoga before work. And that is like connecting into her flow, which is the movement. It's kind of meditative which is all about connecting into our intuition. And through that, she's able to get and obtain her strategies to then when she walks into that boardroom, she's like, yep, into her masculine X, Y, Z, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to execute it. And they're like, yep, fine. So you're, you're ticking all the boxes there and knowing how to interact with people because there might be some people that you need to interact with from the masculine mm. and then you change and you interact with others from the feminine. Is there like- an element of it that the feminine is more approachable from a leadership perspective? And if you think about, you know, bosses and what have you, that, that masculine person at the top of the tree is often like quite unapproachable, you know, and rules by that feeling of I'm the boss and no one's going to question me. Whereas the feminine energy feels like it's a different approach. To speak to that, I was talking to my mum the other day about this and just in terms of leadership in business as a woman and and I think one thing when we bring that feminine energy in is not seeing it like a hierarchy. Mm. It's just nurturing the team. It's like this is the team and it's very much like your family. It's like this is our family and it's my job to make sure that everybody feels cared for, everybody is heard, everybody is, you know, it's the nurturing aspect of things. Mm. Now, if you can translate that into business um, and you see your team as all being like your family, as part of Mm, um, the big picture. Yeah, yeah, I really think that this is something that men can probably learn from too in tapping into their feminine is I am not, whilst I might be the leader and it, yes, it falls on me, I need, we need everybody to, to everybody's equal, everybody's just as important. Um, and so I think that that's something that for women, if we can see that and own that, I think it's a really beautiful thing to translate into, into your business yeah. and your day-to-day life. I think that as well, Nat, it's um, you're talking very much from a leadership perspective rather than a management perspective. But even as a mother very, or, totally. or a wife or a woman of the, you know, a woman of the household, <laughs> we still, no matter what we, no matter how much we t- try and disconnect from the roles of a male and a female within a family, they exist because we all have different things to bring to the table. It doesn't mean, you know, so I, I, I it's difficult because... Well, we certainly do not have the conventional mum stays at home, dad goes to work, you know, it's all it's all actually the other way around. Um, but 
there's definitely things that the kids will need from me that they're not going to get from Chris and vice versa. And then just even if the roles as such in the workplace and the way that that's structured isn't conventional, um, there's other things that definitely are that you can't, you can't escape from that, I don't think. I think this is one, something that's really important to identify as well here is when we talk about men and we talk about um, the masculine and feminine, feminine energy within men, when we look at the wounded masculine, it's the overdoer. It's the over-retriever. It's the over-competitive. It's that sarcasm. Um, and when we look at a lot, not a lot, some men in corporate, and especially those ones where you say the doors are closed to, they don't have that nurturing, um, they've shut off their emotional side because emotion is feminine, feminine's weak, feminine doesn't get results. Mm. So that's really a wounded masculine trait. So when we have a masculine that's balanced, the doors are open. They can feel into, um, you know, helping their their staff move through. I remember years ago, it would have been about 15 years ago, I had a boss and from looking from my perspective now and what I know, he was very much balanced in his masculine and feminine. So for me as a feminine um, person that sat underneath him, it was almost like he was able to guide me and give me structure, which is the masculine, for me to be a creative, which is being safe in my feminine. Because if men are wounded, they don't allow this safe space for the feminine to rise. And that's really important for feminine that they want to be safe. They want to be safe in feeling. They want to be safe in, in, in exploring their emotions. They want to be safe in telling their truth. So when a, a, a guy is, is wounded in that area, that's when the woman becomes over-controlling and um, not able to speak her truth around him because she doesn't feel safe in doing that. Mm. So... Just a question on that. Where does that wound come from? Father. So it's from the father. From the father or when I say father, I look at the the masculine, the primary masculine caregiver. Dominant figure. Yeah, especially up to the age of seven. Right. Mm. The wow. zero to seven is our, is our sponge time yep. where we, you know, sponge all those beliefs and values and, and traits um, from our primary caregivers. As a practitioner for you, when someone comes to you and you identify this imbalance in them, what's the reaction you get from people as to, uh, you know, how to approach changing it or whether they're open to change it at all? Well, it's quite interesting because what I find when people come to see me is nine out of ten times they're open to change. I think I've only ever had two people in my life working that have not been open to change and they've identified that, stopped working with me, and then a year later they come back. <laughs> Figured it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're like, yep, it wasn't ready then, now I'm coming back. It's, I think it's important for me as a practitioner not to label what somebody is going through. Mm. So I don't say you have a wounded masculine or you have a wounded feminine. It's really just holding space for them is, this is what you're currently feeling, you're telling me, let's work with that. And it could be, you know, a woman is not feeling heard. 
So in my in my little mind, I'm like, yep, that's a wounded feminine. We need to get her voice back. And there's a reason why her voice hasn't been heard. Let's go to mother. Let's let's deal with that first. Or let's deal with father. Because a woman, a woman, and this is was me, can have a wounded masculine. Mm. So how does this then show up for people physically? You know, if they we're talking about this is, you know, we're talking about on a metaphysical level, I guess, or a, you know, um, what would you call woo woo? it? Is that what you want to say? Yeah. Woo, a woo-woo level? <laughs> I don't think that's the best sort. <laughs> I don't think that's the, <laughs> that's not the official term, but, you know. <laughs> it's where all the good stuff happens that you can't really put your finger on though, isn't it? So let's face yeah, it. <laughs> the energetic level. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. How does it show up physically? Um, physically, okay. So if we have a wounded feminine, we're not going to allow those feminine um, a bodily functions to function properly. So it's um, it's imbalance in menstrual cycles, imbalance in hormones. We're looking at thyroid problems because they can't speak their truth. So that, thi- that throat chakra is going to be blocked off. So I'm going to say that 70% of the women that come to me have either had their thyroid cut out or they're on um, thyroid medication. Wow. Um, headaches and migraines, which is that hormonal imbalance. Like the whole menstrual hormonal system is just chaotic. And what about for men? For men, most of the time it's um, muscular pain because they don't feel into as much emotional pain. Mm. The emotional pain that arises through men mainly because it is socially acceptable is anger. Hmm. Um, so physical pain, back pain, hamstring pain, um, and the reason why this shows up is because they have an a overpowering sense of responsibility through their work to achieve for their family. So it comes up very physical, uh, very muscular. I find for them, which wow. makes sense because men are typically more muscular than it, women, it, aren't they? Yeah, it does. And I loved when you asked, how does it show up for men? I was waiting for Jennifer to say, yeah, they have wrecked menstrual cycles too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the place. Well, here's the thing. You know what I was saying to someone else the other day? We are, as women, obviously far more complex. But if you actually really think about it, throughout a whole month, you are never the same as you were the day before no. or the day after. <laughs> That's a lot to deal with. Whereas there, I've just got this whole twenty-four hour. Just let's just go again, but and not, we go again. But do and you we think they do have changes that it, they don't identify? I find it really interesting yes. with my poor husband. Some days I'll get up and I'm like, "You, there's you're in a funk today," and he's like, "No, I'm not." I'm like, "No, you <laughs> kind of are. Yeah. You, you are." No, they do definitely. And he doesn't see it. Now we talked about superpowers a little bit. Uh, ago, can we use this superpower of ours, this femininity, this you know energy that we've got? Can we use it to make money? Hundred percent. Yay! Woo! <laughs> okay, that's all we wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I help most of my clients with: is not making money, but growing their business. Right? Wow! Because a lot of women, because there's so many. As a woman, there are so many things standing in our way of growing our business and speaking that authentic truth is just one of them because when, like, as you know, we're full of social media these days. So if we can't speak our authentic truth, it may not, your words can be perfect, but the energy behind it can't lie. 
Mm. So people so true. will disconnect with you if you're not speaking your ultimate truth. Mm. And that's, you know, that's that throat chakra, that's that thyroid gland going cray-cray and shutting down. So also when we look at money, and this is how I look at money, money is a byproduct of serving from a place of purpose. Mm-hmm. So when we are living our truth and serving our purpose and really on our divine path and then we jump into our masculine and do our strategies and planning, the byproduct of that is income. So but a lot of us have got it the other way around. They're like, yeah. how can I make the most money? <laughs> yep, let's pick this job and let's work in our masculine. And the thing is masculine is not a receiving energy. It's just not. And that's why a lot of women get burnt out because we're in the doing but we're not in the receiving mode. So it also comes down to worth. Yeah, so it's really interesting that you say that because I think a big part of that feminine energy is not feeling good enough, you yeah. know, and, and like or imposter needing, syndrome. Yeah, or needing the mm. approval of someone higher or or someone who you respect and, you know, just and double-guessing everything you do, the imposter syndrome, definitely. But even feeling like, you know, I'm putting something out there, but what if it isn't good enough? I mean, I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently and we were talking about she was putting something out into the public and about how she, what, what her title was. And I said, you should, you know, say this about yourself. And she was like, oh, no. And I said, well, what's the worst that can happen? I've been hanging around this chick too long. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Is someone going to come up to you and say, hey, you're not that thing. You said you were that thing once and I heard it and you're not that thing. I said, that's not going to happen. So don't worry about it, okay? Just let it be out there and just own it and it's fine. Love it. Yep. I love it. So true though. But but that's not feminine, is it? To approach it like that. That's me tapping into my, come on, we can do this masculine side. Is that right? But what you're doing there for her is you're giving her a container to then go, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I do feel that. So you have to play that masculine role almost in that sense to allow her, go, yep, to feel into her feelings and go, yeah, you're right, I am worth it. Because when we look at worth and we look at ourselves, what is also worth is the money that we get. So if we don't feel worthy, hey, those clients or those those customers, they're not going to pay you that money because if you don't feel worth it, they don't see your worth either. It's so interesting. It is actually, really when interesting. You op- when you do, though, I would say that, um, and I, you know, it's not about me, but when I was I was in my current <laughs> mentoring situation, Are you sure? <laughs> in my current mentoring situation, my mentor had me double my clinic prices, and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> They're already high. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, that's like, what? no, it took me quite a while to adjust to the point where I needed to see what I was giving was solutions that nobody else was actually giving somebody. Mm. And whilst they might be able to go to a different practitioner and get treatment and get better, I was actually seeming to be able to treat people quicker and get results quicker where they didn't need as many sessions. And so once mm. I realised that and I kind of just 
owned it. I stopped thinking about it. It didn't weigh in anymore. I was just so sure of the fact that they were going to benefit from that, that the price didn't matter anymore, that it wasn't anything to do with that. It was actually about what I could give them and how I could help them. And that was just a perfectly reasonable remuneration for that. But don't you think that's also about getting back to being genuine? You know, and like you were saying before about social media, I think to to try and hold up a lie or an image, it's just Mm. too much Effort. So I know that when so. I very, when when the whole health you know alternative health industry boomed, uh, let's say eight years ago, Geordie was a baby, and we were do, doing all sorts of things that were so ahead of the time that you know I watched a whole heap of people pretend to be they were literally all carbon copies of each other. So they were all pretending mm. to be these people mm. to give these solutions for people and I can tell you that the people that they were actually copying are the ones that are still standing there doing the same thing today. But there is a big section of people in the complementary health industry that have just gone because they weren't being authentic, no. they weren't being genuine, they were trying to be something Snake that oil. they weren't. Snake yeah. oil, yeah. Right? But, but it, that's the thing too. I think it's, you know, when you develop your own way and your own self-worth and you really can step into that. The rest doesn't really matter. I don't have to be somebody else. Like, it's so actually relieving mm. to know that we just have to be ourselves. I just have to be me. I don't actually need to be Absolutely. anyone else, but that can't comes be with... me that's occupied. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't think anyone else want to be me, but anyway. Um, the, and hectic. I think what's hard is that, you know, like you just said, you just wait in on social media. It can look so much different to what it actually is. It's the highlight reel. We know that. And, and I, I mean, I've had this conversation even with friends that have said, you know, I have to stop watching you on social media because that's not your entire life. And I'm like, of course it's not my entire life. I don't actually, uh, it's not that I'm hiding things. It's just that you don't need to see if I'm, I don't know, having a I just actually share bad days, but you don't. Well, I actually share them anyway. But there's certain things that you you know you don't need to see. Also, you'd need 24 hours a day. Oh, you just move in with you. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, that's what Insta stories are for. They can be a bit fun sometimes, but that's not the point. Anyway, I think the main thing is that it's really important to be authentic, and and I think that's probably part of the way that you step into this and own that part and that truth about Mm. yourself that you can do that. I want to ask before we finish: How is it that we do start to reclaim our feminine side as women? and really, you know, start to show up and use it as a superpower? I think the first thing, Nat, is we need to start to identify that being feminine is okay and it's more than okay. It is who we are at our core. And by dismissing that part of us, we are actually dismissing ourselves. And I remember three years ago I was on a holiday in Bali and I was really looking at my feminine energy and I'm like, you know what? I, I am a petite five foot girl that loves to wear pink and I love to put red lippy on and I am a girly girl. And being a businesswoman, I've all, I had this conflict. I'm like, no, I need to be, you know, this instead of, I need to be more masculine basically instead of who I really am. And I dropped into this space while I was away. I'm like, I'm sick of putting on this facade that I just can't keep up anymore because it's not me. And it was interesting. In that moment, and I'm not kidding you, and I was away on holidays, I had about three male clients book into my calendar. Now, these were not feminine clients. These were masculine clients. And it made me realise that not only the more I step into my truth and to my natural energy, it um, attracts people 
because I'm authentic, but it also showed me that as a feminine woman, a masculine man feels it's very safe to open up to me, mm-hmm. where I never noticed that before. So really owning who you are and being totally okay with it is that step number one. I think it's something that comes with age and experience too, though. Mm, I do. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this on the way in and um, I thought, I think it's taken me 22 years to be comfortable with who I actually am. Like, that's a long time. I think that's part of it. I think that's okay. But also, how do we lead by example so that our kids can actually step into it maybe but earlier? But this is the thing. Like, if I'd heard mm. this 15 mm. years ago, maybe yeah. I would have been able to identify that stuff and, and even the stuff about bosses and leaders and, and about them not always having the answers and, and yeah, well, being able to just stick with what you know and trust yourself. Well, there you go. You need to share this episode yourself. with as many people as you possibly can, <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Are you able to tell everybody uh, where they can access you or your work or any more information about what you do? Totally. Um Social media. Like, <laughs> I'm on f- Facebook as Jennifer McCormack Kinesiology and same with Instagram. Um, I have quite a few videos on YouTube as well. Same thing, Five Elements. Or I'm on Five Elements Healing on there, and which is exactly my um, web address, fiveelementshealing.com.au. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Having said that, we are all out of reviews to read. No, We've read them no. all. So... We would love for you to pop us a review. Tell us what you loved about this episode or any other episode that you've mm-hmm. actually, you know, really found valuable. Um, and, of course, just tick the five stars whilst you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Thanks, ladies. I don't want to Thank use reverse you. psychology, but maybe we need to start doing that. What? Go for three and then add a two. I don't know. We need to well, mix no, it up. We'd tell, look, here's what you tell everybody. You're like, look, you thought it was a four, but you always want to add 10% to anything <laughs> that you ever do. So. <laughs> Do what That's feels comfortable energy. and then you need to reach a little bit further. Right. I, say, right. I say this to my mentees. I'm like, how much do you want to charge? Add 10%. So all of a sudden, yeah. four becomes five. Great. Well, Sort of. Sort that's of. weird maths, yeah. but that's fine. No, that's fine. It's close enough. Yeah, got to round up. <laughs> Cecilia, this has been an excellent episode. I think that there's mm-hmm. something for everybody in this and we would definitely invite anyone to share it and pass it on. Please do. Forward the love. Tag a friend. That? There's a name for that. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward and help mm-hmm. the future generations. Like you said, if we maybe had have known this when we were in our 20s, yeah. it would have helped us to just be more sure of ourselves, I exactly. think. Exactly. I think mm. that's what trust, trust that what you're feeling is okay and mm. right for you. Mm. I mean, Definitely. God, that's not that difficult, not is at it? All. Not at all. All right, until next time, Nat Kringudis, I hope this episode has left you, well, I know this episode's left you feeling happier. Thank you, Cecilia Ramsdale. Better, happier, better, healthier. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things. Okay, bye. Oh, I'm off that up. <laughs>